This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. For your Tuesday, I'm Dustin Huffman. We're on the phone right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim, we're going into this Wednesday. What are we looking at in the markets? Uh, we're seeing a little bit of pressure in the grains right now. Uh, wheat market's finding a little bit of support, but we'll start with the corn and beans. Just not a lot of export sales out there right now, no flash sales. So we're not really feeding the bull. Um, pressure is coming probably a little bit of hedge pressure harvest is really in the guts a lot of harvest right now. Producers that can't store grain are, are moving it to market. We're seeing a relatively good basis across the country for this time of year, and I think that's also encouraging some cash sales. And like I said, that's why we're seeing a little bit of pressure on the corn and beans. Wheat, on the other hand, continues to find support on uncertainty if Putin will keep that grain corridor open in the Ukraine, as well as the wheat market's really starting to get concerned, I believe, Dustin, about this dryness issue. I mean, if anybody's looked at the drought map re- recently, they realize this drought is really, really expanding across the country. Um, I saw one stat that said statistically more more country, more of the U.S. is in there rated as a, at least somewhat of a drought or to a severe drought than it was even in 2012. So this drought's become a legit problem. Um, so we're putting a little bit of weather premium in the wheat market. Lastly, though, this drought is having an issue on exports, though, as well, simply because of the low river levels. It's not as efficient to get the grain down to the Gulf, which it makes it more expensive, which is kind of keeping us a little bit overly, over higher price than the rest of our competition, which is something we need to be cautious about, at least on the demand side. The first thing I was going to comment on was the, the, the fact of the drought and comparing it to 2012. I mean, La Nina was around then, but we're talking about possibly going into the third year of La Nina hanging around. And back in 2012, that didn't last that long either. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the real question, I think, for the market for everything right now. I think if you're a producer out there and you're trying to decide, you know, you know you're deciding, do I store corn? Do I store beans? What do I do with it? The reality is you're betting weather like always. Um, you know, traditionally, you know, historically, we always worried about U.S. weather. Well, right now, the reality is we're looking at third year La Nina. What kind of impact could that have on South America's corn and bean production? Because we've seen multiple years, the last couple of years, where we've had major production shortfalls between Argentina and Brazil due to this La Nina causing problems. If they continue to have problems as this La Nina sticks around, the longer it sticks around, the more problems they could develop, the more bullish the situation could get. On the other hand, some of the models are arguing this La Nina is going to die out relatively quick and maybe potentially even swing into a El Nino, which could bring us brain into the springtime. So it's something that it's definitely not certain which way it's going to go, and that's just going to add a lot of vol- a lot of volatility excuse me, to the marketplace as we go into uh, the latter part of fall and into winter of 23. And when we talked about wheat, too, I mean, we're dry here, but in over in Australia we've been starting to hear about all the flooding going on there, and that's affecting their wheat production, isn't it? Exactly. Australia is kind of disappointing for the world feed. I mean, the world food situation, plain and simple, it's very, very tight around the world. Um, Australia look like they're going to have a huge crop. They've got a good crop, but as you mentioned, they're getting way too much rain. So now the argument and the fear is that wheat is losing its protein. And plain and simple, it is now becoming a feed wheat as opposed to a food. And that's, that's actually providing a little bit of support you're finding probably to the Minneapolis wheat contract as uh, the world is, scrambling, is trying to scramble to find some higher protein wheat. So it's a situation in another part of the world we are watching on the wheat side of the equation is Argentina. They're dealing with dryness issues. Their, their crop's getting smaller as well. The only bright spot for feeding the world right now is, is Russia, interesting enough. Russia actually has a very, very big wheat crop, one of the best ever. Um, but this is adding to a lot of volatility. That's what's interesting. Under normal circumstances, the world would just be buying Russian wheat. 
But the fact is, with him declaring war on the Ukrainians, the, the world buyers are just shying away from Russia. I want to stress, there are no sanctions that says the world buyers cannot buy from Russia, but they're just choosing not to buy from Russia. Okay? Well, here's an interesting situation. Putin's kind of mad about that. So now that's why he's threatening to close the grain corridor, because the world he wants the world to buy his wheat and his fertilizer. They're not. So... It seems like he's going to essentially say, if you don't buy it from me, I'm going to shut the corridor and force you to buy it from me. So uh, we'll see what happens. That grain corridor is supposed to stay open, I, th- I believe, until November 19th. So there's still some several weeks to negotiate this uh, compromise if it will be extended or ended. All right, switching over to the livestock side of things. Jim, what are we seeing there? Uh, right now, we are continuing to see a little bit of strength in the hog market. If you look at the February hogs, they finally got above the 100-day and the 200-day today. The Dees hogs have gone, gotten through all their moving averages yesterday, have failed at a little bit of a downtrend line. So you might see a little bit of technical pullback on the hogs. But the reality is Dees hogs were incredibly discount to the cash market. Part of this run-up was them just trying to get back in line with the cash market. All right. Well, Jim, we thank you for the insight as always. Uh, if folks want to talk uh, market strategies with agmarket.net, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, you can reach any of the Ag Market members at 844-424-6758. All right, Jim. Thanks for the insight. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. That again was Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Let's go ahead and take a look at those numbers for you. December corn down four and a quarter at 676 and three quarters. March down four and three quarters at 682 and a quarter. November beans down 10 and a quarter at 1361 and three quarters. January beans down 10 and a quarter at 1371 and three quarters. We see soy meal is a dollar 40 lower at 396.30. Soy oil 27 cents lower at 66.25. Chicago wheat for December is up 11 and a quarter at 860 and three quarters. Minneapolis wheat up nine at 965. Kansas wheat up 13 and three quarters at 958 and a quarter. Oats down one and a quarter at 389 and a half. December live cattle up 45 cents at 150.22. October feeders 35 cents higher at 175.17. October lean hogs a nickel lower at 93.37. Pork cutouts 22 cents higher at 102.67. Class three milk down a penny. That's a 21.73. Thanks again to Jim McCormick of agmarket.net for joining us. I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.